Good morning. This morning, we'd like to start in the uh, book of Genesis, the 19th chapter. We'll start with verse 1. chapter of Genesis verse 1 two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting at the in the gate of the city when he saw them he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground my lords he said please turn aside to your servant's house you can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way in the morning No, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can, can do with them as you like. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they stuck the men outside of the door, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against his people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of the dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your daughters, who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. 
but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town is called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down, burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those that lived in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward the land of the plain, and he saw the dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot's son-in-laws did not believe Lot when he told him that the Lord was going to destroy the city. Is it because he thought Lot was joking or did they not believe the Lord could or would do it? Did they lack the fear of the Lord and know that the Lord is the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell? Even though the angels had told Lot what was about to happen, he didn't seem to grasp the urgency of it. They needed to lead him away from the destruction. After the angels had led them out of Sodom, Lot's wife looked back, even though she'd been told not to, and was turned to a pillar of salt. Was she looking back because of what she was leaving behind? Or maybe she didn't want to leave at all. Do we look back at the sins that we've left behind? In some ways, it's hard to comprehend what it's like in Sodom and Gomorrah. But all we have to do is look around the world today and see what's going on. And where are we headed? Are we repeating the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah? In 1 John 2.16, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. In Proverbs 6.25, Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. In Job 31.1, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. 
in Romans 13, 14. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think how to gratify the desires of the flesh. In Matthew 12, 43-45, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in there and live and the final condition of that person is worse than at first that is how it will be with this wicked generation are we that generation that has swept things clean but in our abundance and our pride and our arrogance claim that we no longer need God or have time for him and in doing so, open the door for the unclean spirit to come back with even more wicked spirits than himself. We need to worship God, the, the creator of heavens and the earth. We should enjoy but not worship God's creation. We are told today that climate change poses an existential threat to humanity. The truth is, it's Satan that's the father of lies is what poses that existential threat to humanity, not climate change. We need to be looking towards God, our Father and Creator. In Romans 1, 24 through 27, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. In Colossians 3, 5-6, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Pornography is very addictive. Years ago, the magazines used to be kept behind the counter in the stores. But today, with the Internet, it is available anywhere, everywhere, anytime, to anyone, regardless of their age. And with the ability of Photoshop, images of our dream perfection of what our body should be are everywhere. According to James Dodson, on half of half of the Christian men surveyed claimed they struggled with pornography at some level. 
I suspect that number is considerably higher. Especially since nowadays, men don't have to go looking for pornography. It comes to them. It comes to their door. Lust is no respecter of persons. Charles Swindoll has said, it never gives up. It never runs out of ideas. If you bolt your front door, it will rattle your bedroom window. Crawl into your living room through your TV screen or wink at you out of a magazine in the, bin, in the den. 1 Peter 4.3 For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. In Ephesians 6.10-13 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on your full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. We do not have enough power on our own to fight Satan. We must have the power of God and his word to overcome the temptations of the devil. Proverbs 27, 20. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are human eyes. In 1 Peter 2, 11, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever commits sexually, sins sexually sins against their own body. In Romans 6, 12-13 Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. In Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the ways he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Unfortunately, today, we're letting the world raise our children. Many children today do not understand that they were wonderfully created by God. We must be diligent in teaching our children that they are created perfectly, just the way God intended them to be. From the head of this nation comes this statement to parents of transgender children. Affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. That statement is not only utterly nonsense and false, it's also 
very dangerous. It's a lie that could have come from the devil himself. We have a nation of children that are being told they can be whatever sex they want to be. Just take puberty blockers, some testosterone, some estrogen, have a surgery or two, and everything will be fine. This is not being done for the well-benefit of the children. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. Transgender people become lifetime patients for the pharmaceutical industry. Big money for hospitals and doctors. This is about greed. It's not about helping people who may be confused about their identity. A doctor in California is making over a million and a half a year performing surgeries on children. That's an abomination to God. And they don't discuss that they're 19 times more likely to commit suicide. Where is the oath they took to do no harm? Why do we not tell them the truth? Many people today are fooled into thinking that if they affirm one's identity, that they're actually helping instead of hurting them. They have been misled as well. Today, a therapist, if they're trying to help an individual address the root problems of a transgender person, they may be accused of attempting conversion therapy and lose their license. Why was it that the therapist who affirmed the transgender's identity, why were they not charged with conversion therapy? A young girl named Yaley was convinced she would be happier as a boy. She believed that her brother had a much better life. Yaley was attending secret meetings at school where she was able to receive affirmation of her desires. Her mother was not aware of those meetings or her daughter's desire. When she found out she tried to get help. She tried to get the counselor to seek out the real problems of her daughter's depression. Instead, the counselor asked, would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter because Yaley is suicidal? Because of the mother's refusal to affirm Yaley's as a boy and call her by her new chosen name, her mother was accused of abuse. Child Protective Services removed Yaley from the home and put her in a group home, supposedly for her own protection. Yaley's mother was in court. They were asking her to sign authorization so that her daughter could start transition drugs. When she refused to sign it, the judge was nice enough to sign it for her. When her mother asked the judge if Yaley could have a counseling session before she started 
on these transition drugs. The judge denied the request. Gailey started taking the drugs. And after she started taking them, she was unable to concentrate. And she was in pain. She finally realized that she was never going to be like her brother. That she would not become what she had been affirmed she would be. Finally, she was no longer able to take the pain and what the drugs were doing to her body. In 2019, at the age of 17, she stepped in front of a train that took her own life. She committed suicide, but it wasn't under her mother's care. It was under the supposed protection of the state that was supposed to be keeping her safe. The Bible tells us right will be wrong and wrong will be right. A young man who was taking drugs to transition to become a female he went into Planned Parenthood you heard me right went into Planned Parenthood so he could pick out his new breasts that's hard for that to sink in there's never been a name more deceptive I believe than the term Planned Parenthood I would call it destruction of families more appropriately. The young man ended up in the hospital with a tumor and told he had two weeks to live. When he asked the doctors how that's possible, they said, well, your body is full of estrogen and you're a male. He's now busy trying to transition back to the child that God made him to be. He has learned that the deceptive lie they were told is harmful. And they're starting to speak out. Sadly, the doctors who were very happy to take the money and help them transition in the first place do not want to help them transition back. And unfortunately, during this period of detransition, an individual can be emotionally unstable and extremely suicidal. In Psalms 139, 13 to 14, For you created my innermost being. 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We need to remember that God's character is built into each one of us. We are not worthless. We are made just the way He desired. And we need to keep sin out of our lives so that we can be all that God created us to be. If you are ready to accept Christ as your Savior today, won't you come as we sing a song of invitation? Won't you come and let Jesus affirm to you who you really are? You are not worthless. Jesus died on that cross that all might be redeemed back to himself. Won't you come?